This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined on this Friday by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Uh, kind of take today, I think, to enjoy it a little bit. Maybe only write one or two stories because I think after today, we're going to be quite busy for the foreseeable yeah. future. Yeah, I've not, I've not written anything since Wednesday night, actually, I kind of took today, yesterday off, and then today I've not really written anything, but I think you're right, and I think the listeners to Kentucky Daily kind of know what you're <sighs> getting at. Uh, there's a lot to happen this weekend. Sunday could be, Sunday, Derek, there's a good chance it could be one of the very, one of the busiest days uh, that we've ever had, and honestly, the basketball stuff in Atlanta, I'll be there. Might be the most quiet thing of the day, given some yeah. of Stoops' comments and just the overall mood. We don't want to say speculation because, honestly, I think it, the writing's on the wall, honestly. When you pick apart quotes and things, Sunday's going to be a big day for the direction of the Kentucky football program. Yeah, I was on the Cat Scan podcast last night, and that episode's up. I'd encourage you guys to go listen to it, but... Uh, Kalen was saying that, and I confirmed this elsewhere after he said it, that uh, there's a meeting scheduled for Sunday morning, whether or not that's normal. And I don't, I guess in this day and age, I guess that would still be, I don't know how they'll go about it because they can't fit 80 people in a room, you know, with uh, COVID protocols and everything. So I don't really know the details. I need to figure that out. But I'm thinking uh, it'll start to trickle out. I would think it would happen as early as Saturday night. I would think it'll be Sunday morning-ish. But uh, it does sound like there's going to be some changes to the offensive staff, and we'll start to hear those within a few days. But uh, that'll be happening, and then I would expect whatever happens, whether it's official or not, that the uh, process to move pretty quick because signing day is now just 12 days away. Um, yeah. And you're going to want to hold on to those kids, especially Christian Lewis, Dekel Kratis, Jag- Jagger Burton even. I don't think he's really wavering, but he's wanting to see what's going to happen. So you can't fault the kid for that. So... I think there'll be plenty of football things to talk about, even though the yeah. season's ending tomorrow. Yeah, the the final game of Kentucky's regular season is tomorrow against South Carolina. It's a 7:30 kick on the SEC Network. It's honestly not even the uh, the big the big point of the weekend, though. I mean, everybody's going to have their eyes on Lexington Sunday to see exactly what the moves are. Uh, moves that I think that we all expect for the last two weeks. I think we've pretty much all said, "Hey, that this is going to happen." Uh, some changes are going to be made, and it's going to be a pretty important, some pretty important decisions for Mark Stoops, Derek, uh, eight years in, to see where and what direction the program goes in after this season. And you mentioned Christian Lewis. I don't know if you've been following his Twitter account today, but he keeps saying he has a surprise for BBN and all this stuff. Now, it would be the biggest troll move ever if that was a decommitment, so I don't think it <laughs> is. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what that is, too. Maybe it's somebody he knows that's getting a U.K. offer. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they know something. Uh, so that'll be an account to follow too over the rest of, and the rest of today. And yeah, and, and somebody somebody tweeted at him, tweeted at him, and said you're bringing friends with you next year. And he said stay tuned. So for people that missed it, I don't know if he discussed it or not. His cousin Malachi Bennett, which if people remember Earl Bennett from Vanderbilt, who had a great SEC career, was actually committed to Kentucky under uh, Rich Brooks. He's uh, I think he's a nephew of Earl Bennett, something like that. They're, they're related somehow. And he recently decommitted from UAB, and those two are pretty tight. Uh, and UK has reached out to him. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he's saying. I thought maybe an early and early type thing, but Christian plays basketball as well. So I don't well, think he'll be giving up his senior year. 
high school which, basketball. Which is still good news Kentucky. for Kentucky fans, you know, hoping that they get him on board in this class. I mean, it seems like Derek at this point, just days away from signing day, he's all locked in. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you would, you would think. Uh, he's certainly not tweeted anything that would make you think he's not. Uh, but with how recruiting is, I don't think you ever really know until – Till it's over. I'm sure UK's coaching staff is very much hoping to get to December 16th and yeah. uh, just just have it official. Feels um, like a lifetime away, it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, and anything to sweeten the deal. I mean, I think if you add, I think it would only like Malachi Ben is not going to commit to Kentucky unless, and then Chris wouldn't decommit after. You know what I mean? Like, if it's a way to sure it up, then I think it's worth doing. <laughs> Honestly, for Kentucky, I mean. Bennett committed to UAB. I'm not exactly sure why, but he had offers from Ole Miss. I know Indiana's. I think Indiana's actually recruiting him the hardest now, so I don't know what's going to come of that. But uh, I think Chris Lewis is that important that. And Bennett's not like it's not like you're taking a slouch either. I mean, this is a kid who's who stays pretty good. I mean, he's a four star. I think uh, for us on 24/7. So I mean, it's not like this is some nobody kid. Um, We'll see. I mean, this is one of my favorite time of years, just in, ter- just in terms of news, speculation, rumors. If you're a fan of a, if you're a big fan of an SEC football program, uh, perhaps the early signing day has taken away some of the drama of what used to be in February. But on the same hand, uh, it's still fun. Yeah, it it is. And you know, the next couple of weeks we'll have a better picture on exactly what. You know, the temperature is around Kentucky football. I think, Derek, that we would agree that Mark Stoops has to do something to kind of boost the morale because yeah. obviously this season has just been an absolute just, you know, just repetitive kicks to the gut. And uh, they need something to kind of inspire these guys and to get them motivated, not just the, the team too, but, you know, the fans as well. There has to be a shot in the arm somewhere, and maybe it's coming here in the near future. But that's the football side of things. Kentucky does return to the basketball floor as of right now Sunday. There's a ton of games being postponed and canceled across college basketball. Louisville's shut down now, uh, which is a U.K. opponent. That obviously affects them and their preparation, Derek, for that game on December 26th. I mean, here we are in December, and Louisville's going to be out for some time. So, it's I mean, everybody's battling this. At some point, I've said it, if there is an NCAA basketball program that makes it through this season without pausing one time, It'll be a miracle. I just don't think it's possible, given the just the landscape and everything that they're navigating right now. But Kentucky and Georgia Tech will play at 5 o'clock on Sunday from Atlanta. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, so I'll be in attendance covering that game. Not sure who all is going to be there. Uh, but I'll be there for sure. So we'll have a lot of talk about that. But today is Mailbag Friday, and we have a full mailbag, Derek. This is one of our uh, probably one of our deepest mailbags that we've had. We've had some good ones now. We start... It seems like we get at least six or seven questions. I think we have nine, yeah. maybe ten, because I know you have one too. I got one, and it's man. and it's a good mixture. It's uh, I know of at least five basketball, I think four football questions. So let's jump right into it. We'll do the basketball side of things first. And uh, this has been one of our this is one of my favorite episodes that we do, Mailbag Friday, because we interact with the fans. So let's start with UK Shane. And this is a big one, Derek. We're just going to just start with the top one. Hey, guys, ask you if, if Coach Cal leaves, which I hope he don't, who would be your top four or five coaches? My picks would be Tony Bennett, Brad Stevens, and Mark Few. So that's a very deep question to start the mailbag with, Derek. I don't know if I caught you off guard with that one or not, but I know that we've actually talked about this off record of who would be some coaches that are on the short list. And I, and I don't think Cal's going to leave anytime soon. Like we've talked about this, I think that he's still got some time in Lexington. Those are pretty; those are some pretty good names that he added in there, though. Yeah, um, all certainly coaches who are good enough to be at Kentucky. Certainly, let's go ahead and throw off two right away. Brad Stevens is not going to leave the Celtics in their current state to come to Kentucky, and Mark Few I think is a lifer at Gonzaga. I mean, he's had plenty of chances to leave. He's He's got them as good now, as arguably as good as they've ever been. I know that they made a national title game back a few years ago. I think only lost one or two games the whole season. Tony Bennett's interesting to me because I think he would consider it. But, Sean, how do you think his style would play at Kentucky? It wouldn't be accepted with yeah. the fan base. They uh, It would not be accepted at all. Even though he's a winner, uh, he's won a national championship, I just don't see that he would be a fit. I just don't think he would be on the list for Mitch Barnhart to replace Cal. Some names I would say, trying to be logical here, like 
whether he'd jump off the page here or not. Like I think Chris Oltman from Ohio State would take the job for sure. Um, he's not been at Ohio State for very long. Of course, they beat Kentucky last year, but they kind of fell off right in Big Ten play. I know they ranked really high they there did. for a while, but I think they stumbled a little bit. Chris Beard at Texas Tech would be a guy that I think would – I think he's going to be at a blue blood soon. And then the name that, you know, I don't know how much – again, how much traction it would get, but I could see if it's two or three years from now, I think Nate Oates would be someone who would be in the mix. Yeah, I think I'll, I agree with all those names. I do think that Chris Beard will be on the list unless he's at a North Carolina or a Kansas or someone like that. Have we talked about it on this pod about how many of these jobs? I know we've talked about it, but I don't know if it was on here. Like You would think realistically North Carolina, Duke, and possibly Kentucky will all be open in the next, in the next five years, years or so. Yeah. yeah. It, it's in this decade, so it's 2020, yeah. in this decade all three of those jobs are going to come open. And maybe and even what, Michigan State. And out of the three, I would expect you know Cal to kind of last the longest, if you really, if you ask me, just given age and you know, health. It seems like Cal is in good health. You know, Roy Williams mm-hmm. has had his health uh, battles, and know Mike Krzyzewski too. Uh, we still don't know what happens with Bill Self at Kansas, not oh, yeah. from a health standpoint, but just from all the other factors in that program. So you have to think. I actually expect all four of those jobs, three of them for sure, to make head coaching changes in the next decade, which is going to be something really to watch for sure. because then it becomes Almost, yeah. when it happens. I'm going to throw another name out there too. Uh, I still think that Billy Donovan will be a name that's tossed around, Derek. I don't know if he'd take it because he didn't take it the first time, and it's kind of one of those jobs that it made more sense to, for Billy to take it younger than it does older. Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, he's here with he's at the Bulls now, so let's say you give it five or six years and he wants a taste of college basketball again. But I'm still under the impression that whenever Mike Watt, if it doesn't work out at Florida – you could see it. I honestly, I've all I've said it for the last couple of years. If Mike Watt gets fired at Florida, Billy Donovan's getting a phone call to come back home. I really <laughs> think that he'll get a phone call. We're gonna run it back, bring back the glory days. Um, I agree with you. I think they would call Billy. I, a lot of this has to do with timing as well. I mean, he just, like he just took a job with the Bulls, so I don't think he'd be leaving that. Um, and I don't claim to be an expert on the Chicago Bulls, but it seems like the idea of hiring Billy is that. In a couple of years, I think they'll be in that phase where they'll be trying to uh, trying to compete. So unless they just totally flame out, I don't know if the timing will ever make sense for Billy to be at Kentucky. And, you know, before we move on to the next question, if let's say Cal stays five more years. The guy that we talk about five years from it could be someone who's not even really on our radar right now who would there, be the next big thing. So There's one name that I'll throw out there that if he could get it figured out where he is, I think could – Reemerge, and that's Shaka Smart. I've I've always now he's not it's not been the best road at Texas, but it certainly started off better this year. He just won the Maui Invitational. He can recruit. He's young. Still I always, young, yeah. I always thought that he would he made sense, but I wanted to see how he would do at Texas. And I, I feel like if Cal stays, let's say Cal stays another six or seven years. And Shaka has a run of success at Texas that includes deep runs in the tournament, and he kind of gets that program, you know, moving in the right direction. And I, th- I think they could this year. That might be a name to watch, Derek. Just depending, like you said, it all depends on these names that we've mentioned. Some of them are obviously going to be at jobs where they won't leave. Yeah, and that'll be something to watch. I always said that Jay Wright would have been on my list too, but now that he's won two titles at Villanova, why would he leave? Is the yeah. other thing. He's got another team there this year that's really good. He's kind of built something that you don't want to, you don't want to leave. And he, it's not like he's chasing championships. Yeah, and he didn't even entertain the uh, 76ers job, which you would think would be appealing. He wouldn't have to move or anything. He'd be go straight to the league. One other name. This is not necessarily like he's not going to be in the UK conversation. I don't think, but I could see him moving up the ladder of college basketball, and that's uh, A. W. Hamilton at EKU. I don't know if you got a chance to watch them play Xavier. That team is fun as hell to watch the way they play they press they shoot a ton of threes score a lot of points I think he's somebody here in a couple of years who is going to be certainly I mean I'm, you would consider EKU to be you know small college I think he'll for sure be getting mid-major looks uh and potentially I mean even high major at a certain point he's a young guy too he, I would just say he's somebody to watch maybe I mean if he has a great career maybe 20 years from now you never know he's a Kentucky kid from Scott County I think uh I just kind of wanted to give him a shout-out because I like the way they play, and I feel like I'm an honorary uh, EKU grad because just about everybody I know went to school there. So I pull for the Colonels whenever I watch them play. And, and one more or a couple more thoughts before we move on to the next question. 
I think, too, that Kenny Payne should be a name that we throw out just because Cal's going to have a say-so in who gets that job. Uh, it all depends on exactly what Kenny does over the next yeah. six years or so. I, there's no way you can go. I don't think you can give someone a job that doesn't have any head coaching experience, but Cal's definitely going to have some input in it, Derek. And even if it's not Kenny, um, whoever it is, Cal's going to get. Yeah. Cal's going to have I, some evaluation. I think that ship sailed, though. Honestly, because I felt like the appeal to Kenny would have been the continuity. You could have kept the recruiting class together. If you go to Kenny Payne five years from now, and I mean he's not going to have a connection to any of those recruits. That's what I felt like the appeal for Kenny was more so than anything else. So, uh, could you see Kenny being an NBA head coach eventually? I could. Why did he make that move? Is what I mean. Like, why? Why did he do that? What's his long-term plan? See, that's he's thing. not necessarily young. Well, see, that's the thing that I'm getting at too. I just he was in line to be a head coach in college basketball probably in the next two to three years. Had he stayed at Kentucky as an assistant, he's probably still in line to be a head coach in college basketball in the near future because he's going to yeah, get yeah. some calls. But I don't understand them. I mean, I guess that's the thing. The move to the NBA. I mean, I think it was always his dream to work in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, we'll have to see how that plays out. I would have said that Chris Mack would have been on this list had he not gone to Louisville. Like, mm-hmm. if he'd have been at Xavier, I think he'd have been another name. But there's a guy or two out there right now coaching somewhere that is not on this list that will be on the list in five years. Like, I'll just go ahead and say that. There's a, there's a guy out there that's going to make a run in the NCAA tournament or turn a program mid-major into an elite talent for a few years. That'll be the names to watch too. So this list will change every single year. Derek, there's names, there's guys that were on this list seven years ago that they're nowhere even near this list now. And it has nothing to do with their coaching ability. It has everything to do with mm-hmm. just who they are and the way their, uh, I guess, their reputation has kind of crumbled. You, uh, you calling out Sean Miller? I'm calling out Sean Miller. I'm calling out Greg Marshall. <laughs> I'm calling out yeah. a lot of people that I thought would have been on this list. Uh, but that was a very uh, big question. You know, starting off the mailbag, uh, I just kind of just picked it right from the top. Uh, so let's go to Grant Peters. I think this is a good question, too. It's in regards to this team. Is there a team in the country with more potential than us being U.K. right now? Derek, I, if you're talking potential alone, just as far as where they are now and their ceiling, I don't think there is a team in the country that has more potential than Kentucky as for room for growth. Uh, Gonzaga is who they are. Gonzaga is a, an experienced basketball team, very good. But there's a reason to B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, all these guys are projected NBA draft picks. It's not because of who they are right now. It's because of potential. And when you've got that potential, you have room for growth. And this is a team from 1 through 10 that has guys that I think will be better versions of themselves in March and significantly than what they are right now. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, I think Kentucky probably does have more potential than anybody, um, and really just for the reasons that you said. But who knows how long it's going to take to realize that, or if they even do reach it. That's always kind of the gamble Cal Perry takes. More often than not, it works out for them. They're one of those teams in the mix, but there have been years that uh, it didn't work out. So not often, but just a few times. But I think this team has all the pieces, really, that it needs, I think, especially when Keon Brooks comes back. Um, some questions at point guard right now, we know that, but I think there are potential workarounds or guys are going to improve. So I, I would say so. I mean, it's the same story every year. What we say about these guys in March will be much different than what we're saying right now. Yeah, it will be. But I, I, I do think that their uh, their potential is pretty high. I, I, I like this team. I, I, I've said it the other day, even after the loss, I still think they have a ton of potential to get things figured out. There are some things that, you know, make you concerned, but – I think you can kind of say that every year with Kentucky basketball. This also comes from uh, Kentucky Sports Talk. It says, which offensive play style could, should this basketball team incorporate from past U.K. teams during the Cal era? In other words, from all the teams Cal has had at U.K., which do you believe this U.K. team could run similar sets and score the same ways that they could? Why don't you take that question, basketball, Benny? That's uh... (laughs) a... That's a big one, too, though. Honestly, Cal's kind of been who he is as far as sets and things over his entire U.K. career. They've been running the circle series and circle sets back to the days of Deron Lamb and Brandon Knight with the dribble handoffs with Josh Harrelson and all those. Uh, 
Derek, I think that this team is kind of hard to figure out right now because they have a very good low, low, low post score, which Cal went right back to today, that he said you're a fraud if you cannot throw the ball in the block and post somebody up. They have that. I think that's the one thing right now, Derek, that they know that they have. Uh, I do like the comparison. You know, you had the questions today about Marcus Teague to 2012. I think this whole point guard situation is kind of similar to that. I don't think they have a guy that's just going to go and win on basketball games from the point guard spot in Devin Askew or Davion Mintz. But Teague got his Teague got his stuff figured out that year, and he ended up being one of the better point guards in the country because he understood his role. So I think that's what you want to see from those two. You've got great they had a Yeah, they had a crazy amount of talent, though. That team they was did. far more talented than this one. <laughs> I think that I think that this team has all the pieces, though, to do some really good things. I think they have plenty of options. It's just how do you figure out how you want to play. So if we're going off of past Kentucky teams, it's kind of hard because, honestly, you see similarities with some teams, but then you see a lot of differences in this team compared to others. Uh, still want to know, can they shoot the ball? So that has mm-hmm. to be a question that's answered. You know, Is B.J. Boston an actual weapon from the three-point line? I think he will be at some point. What is Terrence Clark's game? Does he have a good mid-range game? Is it getting to the rim? I don't think he's going to shoot. I don't think he's going to shoot above thirty percent from the three-point line. Uh, as far as the team and play style, I don't really know. If I'm being honest, I don't really know how they how they fit or who they who they resemble. I just uh, I don't because it seems like most of Cal's teams has had a really good scoring point guard. This one doesn't have that, Derek. Um, unless it becomes Terrence Clark, I, I don't know. That's that's this would be the first question that's actually stumped me. I might have to think about it for a couple of minutes. What do you have any thoughts on it? I really don't. Uh, I, I'm with you. I just don't think we've seen enough yet to know. And until no, I don't know. This I think this team's kind of unique in a lot of ways, and. Uh, I don't even know which team I compare it to, honestly. Well, that he's had in the past. I'll go this one. I, it, overall talent, it doesn't compare. But as far as playing and the way that they play, I'll have to go with Cal's first team at Kentucky with Wall and Bledsoe and Cousins because they did have a guy in the paint that they could throw the ball to in Cousins. They have that in Sar. The difference is... Isaiah Jackson's not Patrick Patterson, but Isaiah Jackson, I think, has a better, has more potential to be a better defender than Patrick Patterson was, not a better offensive player. And then as far as perimeter, we know that they have explosive pieces, but can they shoot the basketball? That's what hurt that team uh, with John Wall and Eric Bledsoe and all those options. They had a Darius Miller that was young, too. Um, they have pieces, Derek. It's just I just don't know what their strengths are yet. I, I don't think we have a big enough – uh, sample size. Like, I, I'm not ready to call it that they can't shoot the ball. Like, I, I've been saying that for the entire week now, that I want to see what it's like when we get into late December when they're running better offense. But I think that would be a comparison just as far as overall talent. Uh, now, that team did have four, five first-round draft picks, four lottery picks, correct? Yeah, no. I almost feel like the example of the which team? Wall? Uh, the Wall team. Yeah, they had five. Yeah, five. Five first rounders, four yeah, lottery. And Walt, Bledsoe, Cousins, Patterson, and yeah, Orton. Orton was the only one that wasn't a lottery guy. Um, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but like I'm thinking, Sean, I'm thinking like the 2013-14 team, uh, especially if they ever get to a point where Clark's the point guard, because that team couldn't really shoot the ball all that well, uh, but they were big and they could rebound the hell out of it. And I think this Kentucky team should be able to in time. Um, yeah, the I don't know. I just feel like that was a tall like this is a tall Kentucky team. That was a tall Kentucky team. It's a good comparison. Point guard play was like a struggle the whole year. They talked about until Andrew finally figured it out there in the tournament. Um I'm trying to think of some other similarities with that team. I mean they the don't have a like a Julius Randall full like exactly. yeah, a guy like yeah. that. But and they don't really even have a Dakar either, just like a guy who can move bodies in the paint. But um that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think there really is a good comparison, honestly, for this type. It's just so no, different than pretty much all his other teams. Defensively, though, I think that this could be the team that gets the closest to how good that 15 team was defensively. They're not going to get in the same atmosphere, same area as what 15 did, but I think that they could get the closest because I do think that this could be a very good team. If, the, if these guards were a little bit more 
explosive and could shoot the ball a little better. I could see some similarities to the BAM and Monk and Fox team, just given that they have a low post threat, but he's nowhere near the athleticism Can't that Bam Adebayo was. That's the thing. They're, they're, maybe this team's a little bit more different. Can I, than give you a, uh, can I give you a scary? Like, what if they're most similar to 2013? You know, that honestly, can can I say that <laughs> the entire time I've been sitting here going through this, Derek, that I keep saying that you have the, you get the Julius Mays. Yeah, you got the Julius Mays and Davion Mintz guy. You got a point guard struggle like Hero against uh, Askew and then the shot blocker like Noel and uh, Jackson. the hell out I of mean, me now that I think about it, honestly, <laughs> because I've, I've – You the Archie Goodwin and B.J. Boston. I mean, we'll see if this team can figure out. And I think the 2013 team, I mean, once they lost Noel, they were doomed, you know. But what if, what if lot, that's Kentucky the closest they are right what are these, these are some deep <laughs> questions today. Uh, I know. You know, things that I really – I hadn't read them yet. I hadn't looked at them until – that's the thing. I don't open up the mailbag until we start the show because I want it to be raw and just like whatever comes off our off our brain that day. But, man, you're you're not wrong. That team, uh, this definitely has the you makings of it. But yeah, yeah, I, mean, maybe. I think they have – I still think it can be a very good basketball team, and I want to see what they do over the course of the next three or four games. I do think it's big that they scheduled the Detroit game and it's a midweek game and they're not just going Saturday to Saturday for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. I do think that's big to have that. Um, see if there's any more basketball. Okay, we have a recruiting question from Byron Isaac. Any update on Kentucky, on recruiting for Kentucky men's basketball team for next year? And then I'll throw in one from Ask You Appreciation Account. It says, what is the rank ceiling of Brandon Podzimski, who is now a four-star? Derek, uh, so two basketball questions there. Yeah, the rank ceiling, uh, I would say he's probably right around where he's going to finish. I mean, he's top 75 now, and he probably jumped up that high because he got offered by Kentucky and Kansas. So um, I doubt he'll move much higher than that. I mean, maybe, maybe he'll push the top 50, but at this point I don't know how much more. And I'm not a – I don't I have any insight onto this. I'm just guessing, just going off of that. And the other question was just recruiting update for this year, right? Yeah. Um, only thing I have, and this is kind of plug somebody else because I just saw it on Twitter. It was from Ben Roberts uh, at the Herald Leader. Um, and I'm not going to share everything because I would encourage people to go read the article. But basically, maybe there's some movement with Jaden Hardy, Kentucky trying to push for him once again. But I doubt that saga is anywhere near the conclusion, but if you're looking for somebody, I mean, same guys, right? Hunter Salas, Budzimski's in there, Jaden Hardy. Uh, don't they have a big man they're going after? For this coming class? Or did uh, the – no, didn't that kid commit – Musa or whoever, didn't he yeah. commit – did he commit somewhere? He went to Michigan maybe? Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, – with Damian Collins, it seems like that that's the big, and then I honestly expect them to fill out the rest of the roster at that position with transfers. Yeah, for a grad transfer route. I just feel like that that's probably the most uh, the easiest to answer to that. But yeah, uh, Jaden Hardy obviously would be a huge get if they can get that figured out, Derek, and they can get him to Lexington. I mean, you kind of you also have the insurance policy to know what you're wanting to do with Sky Clark of whether he becomes mm-hmm. uh, part of this class or not. So th- they're in a good spot with basketball recruiting with who they have and the pieces. That Hunter Salas is out there. I just saw a highlight video of him this morning pretty much just uh, picking on somebody and then going and cramming on the other end after a steal. So I think that's kind of the piece that I expect Kentucky to land as far as elite talent. Uh, We'll just have to see how the rest plays out with that. But that covers the basketball side of things. I think you know what we're going to be getting into on the football side of things. It all is about (laughs) Eddie Grant and who will replace him and what are the changes. the question I had was kind of a hybrid, if you want to answer that first, before we get totally into football. Yeah, let's roll with that. Uh, the question is from Trey, and it says, what is more frustrating, our basketball team's inability to shoot threes or our football's team inability to pass the ball? So I'll say the entertainment value has been pretty bad, I think, for Kentucky fans, <laughs> this, which the basketball season is young. But uh, the way I would answer that, well, I would say the basketball team still has time to show that they can shoot the ball better than what they are right now, whereas – I think the obituary has already been written on the uh, football team's ability to throw the ball. That's not going to change come Saturday. So I would say watching as much college football as I do, it's kind of inexplicable how bad Kentucky was throwing the ball this year. Well, so I would say that as of now. That's what I was about yeah. to say, too. Here, here's the thing. 
the basket's a basket, right? I mean, I can you can throw 500 balls at the basket, and every now and then you're going to get lucky and one's going to go in. Right now I'd have more success shooting one out of my hind end on the football <laughs> end of things and then completing a deep ball. Like, that's the that's the thing. I would go with football. Like, it's been a disaster. Yeah. It's been a disaster for a long time throwing the football. Uh, Kentucky will have games where they look like they can actually shoot threes, whether they can or not. There's gonna, they're going to have a guy that's going to yeah. get hot and get five threes in a game. We've all seen it. Uh, they're not throwing deep balls, regardless of who the opponent is or what. So, yeah, I'd go football. That's probably the worst reference I could make there, though. But maybe somebody will get a laugh out of it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, <laughs> what's the longest ball they've completed this year? I was trying to think because so, you got to be careful going by the yardage, like the longest reception, because some of those could be like a jet sweep or something. There, like the little touch it yeah, totally. yeah. I'm trying to think. I think it might have been against Auburn, right? Like early in the year, they had a couple of ones that went for a while. Yeah, they or for a long way. I remember he Ollie on the sidelines, but dude, I'm just I think Vince Merrill caught one maybe. on the sideline one game. I don't remember that, though, but it didn't count because obviously it was Vince Merrill and he caught it out of bounds. But I think that might have been the longest pass play I've seen of the year. I can't remember what game that was. Ooh, it's been rough, hasn't it? It has. Let's, uh, let's just go ahead and dive into the rest of it, Derek. I think uh, this will be what everybody's listening to on the mailbag today. So I think it's safe to assume that Eddie Grand, his time at Kentucky is coming to an end this week. Derek, I just uh, read between the lines when you pull comments and you look at body language and you look at expressions and then you kind of pull it and peel it all apart. This is the end of an era tomorrow night when Kentucky plays South Carolina. Uh, so we're going to probably start hearing some stuff trickle out on Sunday, like you said, to open the show. We don't probably won't have a replacement name exactly on Sunday, maybe not even Monday. It could be a few days just to for timing purposes and respect out of, you know, switching positions. But I think that they already know who they want. I think it's already kind of been determined. I think they've already maybe reached out to who they want. But let's start with Ryan. He's and then we have a lot of questions that are the same. Potential mm-hmm. offensive coordinator candidates, assuming Grand does not return next year. And then there's another one from All Blue All Day that's pretty much any murmurs as to what coaching changes will be made and who will replace them and any names for potential transfers we should be excited about. So those questions are similar. So I just kind of put them together. Yeah. um, Two good questions. Um, To answer Ryan's question, I would – I would say, and this is just trying, I was trying to go off connections that they had to Stoops, and who knows? I mean, he might hire someone who I'd even bring up. There are three that I would say as of today that I would look at. That's uh, Kel Gundy at OU, who Bob Stoops, obviously Mark's brother, hired back in 1999. He's been an assistant there for over 20 years, and he's played there. So he is pretty settled, I would say, at OU. But in terms of moving up the ladder – at Oklahoma, he's pretty much maxed out. I mean, he's with Lincoln Riley there. Um, he's never going to call plays. So if he sees this, I mean, I think obviously Mark is going to know him pretty well because he worked with both his brothers. He, I mean, you remember Mike was at OU for a while. So I think he would have trust there if that's the movie makes. Um, I I would say that's probably who I would guess as of now, but that's that's just me. That's not hearing well, anything. That's just me guessing. I think he's definitely on the list. I mean, I, I just think yeah. that you're spot on with it. I think it makes sense. Uh, it would be a hired Eric that I think would kind of bring excitement with it just because of Kentucky fans would instantly attach to – they've watched Oklahoma run plays. They've watched Oklahoma run offense. And I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about where do you go – and I said, well, I believe if I were Mark, I'd be calling my brother Bob and kind of getting his input so you would know that this would have something to do with that if if he is the guy that's hired. Uh, and I think it would be a good hire if that's who they end up going with. Um, like you mm-hmm. said, when you've been in a program that has a winning culture like that, the one concern would be they haven't called plays. But I think that's kind of enough that you would get some recruiting excitement and everything yeah. else, and it would kind of – it would definitely be the shot in the arm to move in the right direction and kind of build some momentum. Here's the thing, Derek. There, we've talked about all this doom and gloom 
they're one right call away from kind of being in the right direction again and kind of getting something back. The defensive side of the ball, I think, is fine. I think they're they're recruiting well enough on that side of the ball. They develop well on that side of the football. Right now, they just need to get a passing game, but they feel like they have a very good quarterback there that has their entire UK football career ahead of them. They're they're not far off if they can get some pieces. Yeah, I agree with that. And the other two guys, the names I would say, uh, one is actually there now, and it's uh, Jeff Jagodinsky. I, I don't know. It's really hard for me to say his name, but he's the he was the tempo line coach. He came in after uh, Coach Slarman passed away. He, If you go for about a 10-year span, his resume is about as impressive as you could think. I mean, NFL offensive lineman, uh, offensive line coach, excuse me, NFL OC for the Buccaneers and the Packers, I think so it was, or maybe the Falcons. Uh, I don't have his Wikipedia page pulled up. I was looking at it last night. And then he was a head coach. I mean, Boston College won the Atlantic Division twice when he coached there. He went 20-8. and eight. Since then... He is uh, – it's not been a resume that you would – you know, if something happened. I don't know what, but it, it just those jobs he was getting for that 10-year span, it was pretty much the polar opposite. I mean, he was coaching out of high school for three years as an offensive coordinator. So, But I would say, like, it's just something to keep in mind, and I will go ahead and say that, in my opinion, if the moves are made that I expected, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jags is the one calling plays during the bowl game. And then the last name I would say for now, I'm just trying to put the pieces together as some guys to look at, uh, is Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator at NC State. And he went to high school with Mark Stoops. He's one of those Cardinal Mooney guys from Youngstown. Been a lot of places, uh, Ohio State, Texas. He's at NC State, like I said, right now calling plays. He might have the most experience out of any guy in terms of success maybe that they could hire, but I don't know what his plans necessarily are. And if you're asking me what I think is going to happen, and again, I don't know when told me this, I, I, I would say I would probably lean towards Gundy right now, but I don't know that. So that's just my opinion. Perhaps none of those names I just said are even considered. I have no idea. But uh, something just feels like I, I just kind of think that's who it's going to be. It's just a gut yeah. feeling. They, I think Mark Stoops already has his guy there. I do too. Do. And, and, yeah, and think about that. Like a lot of teams aren't going to be finished playing, and I don't think you're going to be able to pull a sitting coordinator uh, at another school to come in right away. So I don't. I think Oklahoma is pushed back. I can look at their schedule, but it's a little different whenever he's just basically the inside wide receivers coach. Like you could stand, I think, to Lincoln Riley's going to be fine <laughs> if Kelly Gundy leaves. You know, to come over to UK well, pretty soon. That's the thing, too. Like, whoever they hire, you kind of think that it's going to be announced pretty quickly because I think they're going to want them on phone calls to wrap up the signing class and stuff to let them get, you know, used to who's going to be calling plays and who's going to be the the guy that's going to be coaching them. You kind of want to get that guy in place. And, and, And that should be noted, too. If they've already decided on who they're getting and if they've already kind of got that mutual agreement that, yes, I'm going to come and then it can be official pretty soon, you could already start plugging this to recruits that, look, this is who we're getting, and you can kind of start. You, you know they've been doing this, Derek. I, I think that I think that Mark Stoops made his decision to, to move forward with the offense a uh, few weeks back. Like I told you last night, Missouri was Missouri. That was a bad performance. But I think it really came after they got absolutely just destroyed and embarrassed at Alabama, that it became to a point where you have to change something. Yeah, I agree with that. Either way, it's going to be interesting and um who asked the other question about the murmurings for the staff? All blue all day. Um, he asked about transfers. Yeah, that's a <laughs> – uh, I don't want to touch on names because no. I don't know. But I think they to, – to put it bluntly, like, yes, I think they're going to be transfers coming in next year. Yeah. So that's going to play out, though. Yeah, there's there's some rumblings, but you, you just want to leave them at that for now until names are officially in the portal yeah. and things like that, Derek. Yeah. Uh, but I, well, that's going to be. I think every team is going to be, what because it's supposed to pass next month. The one-time transfer thing. It's going to pass next month. So all these kids are going to have eligibility. I think you'll see a kind of a spree of guys going to the portal here soon, and then after spring practice as well. I think you'll see a lot. So it's really hard to say for sure because. Uh, and actually, now that I'm looking through your things, uh, Sean, another guy, Brandon, asked if there were any specific yeah. wide receiver names Kentucky would go after in the transfer portal. To my knowledge, nobody's in the transfer portal right now that UK would go after. So and, and it's then, out there. If you look hard enough, like their name speculated, we mentioned Wondell Robinson on here. Until he's in the portal, there's really no sense, I guess, in examining that too deep. 
But um, and then he asked another question too. Brandon did. He said, "Is there a possibility that Grand just gets demoted to running back coach?" Uh, that would be that'd be weird. I mean, it would be yeah. when someone you talked about this last night. We had a long conversation, an hour and a half on the phone, and you were talking about how well respected Eddie Grant is, Derek, and his when you look at his resume and the success that he's had, even at Kentucky, he's had a lot of success. And you brought up a really good point last night. This is an offensive coordinator who we were we've mentioned in the past couple times would he take a head coaching job somewhere you know there was remember last year when he tweeted out the picture of the sunset in Kansas when he was recruiting and everything yeah. and we were wondering whether he was going to leave uh but you mentioned this last night the way he's thrown the ball at past you know past jobs like in uh at Cincinnati and now the success that he's had on the ground at Kentucky there's a lot to like about Eddie Grant and someone's going to like him enough to put them on their staff uh, could stay in the SEC. It'll be interesting to see exactly what are some, some jobs that open up. But we will talk about this when it becomes official. And we're just assuming right now, but it's pretty much we know that that's the change that's going to be made. Uh, it probably won't be the only offensive change. I'm sure Henshaw to Derek will be going as well since they, they came in together. But we'll get into it on an episode next week mm-hmm. of exactly Eddie Grant's time at Kentucky hasn't been all bad. Uh, he certainly deserves a ton of credit for the, the success that they've had, and we will get into that. Uh, but at some point, if you're a program that wants to make the next step, sometimes you have to make difficult decisions. And I'm sure that since Mark has been at Kentucky, this has probably been his most difficult decision he's had to make. Yeah, and let me – I don't know how many people listened to Mark yesterday. Let me let me just read some of these quotes. Uh, he was asked – he, he made a comment earlier this week in terms of uh, moving the program forward, and I think we might have talked about that. But yesterday he was kind of asked about how – just kind of how much had he been thinking about those changes anyway. And he basically said, you know, as a head coach, he always kind of has to have an eye for that. Um, but he said, but for me as a head coach, I have to have my eye on the future, and I have for a big portion of this year. Yes, I've been thinking a lot about what the future holds. And then the follow-up was more or less, I think, to do with the Kentucky uh, sports radio and rumors that it could happen basically like as soon as Sunday. And Mark said, I really, with all due respect, I'd like to please just stay away from that and really concentrate. Everybody deserves the respect of let's t- take care of business on this game. So you add that to what Eddie said on Wednesday or uh, Tuesday, where he was very much just like, let's go out there and let's just get these guys a win. That's what we're worried about. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to read between the lines on this and see what's happening. So if someone's wondering, like, why are these guys talking like this has already happened? Like, do we know for sure that this is happening? Could I sit here and tell you that I've explicitly been told that Eddie Grand's being fired? No. But let's be real. It's it's what's coming. So I, I don't know when it'll officially happen, but um, we'll see. Yep, we will. So that completes the uh, the mailbag portion of Mailbag Friday, Derek. We still got to make our picks for SEC football games this weekend. It, just now seeing an interesting tweet. You know, Matt Jones just tweeted that if the Kentucky-South Carolina does play tomorrow, it'll be the only two SEC schools that finish their season on time. Yeah. And I think that's almost an advantage right now for Kentucky. I mean, if you know you're going to be having wholesale <clears throat> changes, you don't have to prolong it anymore. You can just go ahead and uh, – get it out there, whatever you need. And you can get these guys, these new coaches in here as soon as possible. So um, maybe you'll have some people saying, well, they shouldn't have played Alabama. They shouldn't have played Florida. But uh, if you think in long term, it doesn't really matter because you're not going to win those games most likely. I uh, I think it's almost a good thing now that this happened. Well, let's go ahead and dive into these picks. So this will be our, uh, well, we'll we'll probably still pick the games for next weekend and the weekend after that. Did we get everyone? We got all the questions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Let me make sure that I didn't miss anything. So you all listening to the show, you get to see how uh, wild this actually is because we don't want to make sure we want to make sure we didn't miss someone. Uh, yeah, got everybody on my end. Got everybody. Well, yep. thank you to everybody who uh, sent questions in. This is probably the most questions we've had, I think, or at least close. It is. But uh, Sean, yeah. I do have the uh, I do have the games pulled up if you're ready to I do dive in. We didn't we didn't really keep track of this this year, did we? Well, in terms of how well we I'm did. I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back this weekend. I'm going to listen to the end of every Mailbag Friday because that's when we did it, and I want to see what our records are. 
Uh, Not good. Hopefully, well, we know that we were off on UK like every single week, felt like, for the first Shoot. five yeah. weeks of the season. But the first matchup we'll talk about is number five, Texas A&M. Here's a team, Derek, that has hopes of getting in the college football playoff. They're at Auburn. Could this be a game that kind of, you know, Auburn pulls an upset at home? Noon kick. It'll be 11 central time. It's an early morning start. What do you think? Again, M wears them out. Yeah. Easy I'm, win. I'm with you, too. Auburn kind, Auburn's kind of bad. I tried to build it up just in case you were going there, but you obviously weren't. <laughs> so uh, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. Hey, let's, sure. let's, let's point this out. We both picked uh, Vanderbilt last week against Missouri, and they lost 41-0. to zero. I yeah, just, uh, I'm well, call myself out. We on don't have one. to worry about it this week. <laughs> Vanderbilt did finish. I mean, they're not going to they're going to finish 0 and 10 unless they beat Tennessee if that game gets rescheduled, which I'm sure it is, uh, right? Are are they scheduled to play? I think there's kind of some thought that Vanderbilt might. It's not official, but I think there's some thinking that Vanderbilt might just be done because so, so they didn't have enough Tennessee. players to play this weekend, and their coach got fired. Yeah, I think they might just be done. So then, if you're Tennessee, <laughs> how are you feeling about about your season after you get waxed two, by two tomorrow? Or, <laughs> yeah, they still have to play Texas A&M too, though. Yeah, I think they play A&M next week. Right? Can you imagine that the season you've had? I mean, you don't even get the free win against Vanderbilt. Yeah, Kentucky's not had much success, <laughs> but then you don't get your win against Vanderbilt. Who said? But who knows even if they would have won that. But then you have to kind of just. I guess what I'm asking you is how hot's Jeremy Pruitt's seat going to be? Let's just go ahead and pick that game next. Tennessee, well, and Florida. Yeah, yeah, Florida. They'll win again. I think Florida's only lost to them once since like 2004. Um, I, I just Tennessee's got all kinds of problems at quarterback, and you, you've got to be able to score to beat Florida and. uh they don't have the horses right now to do that unless their defense just somehow, I don't know, unless Florida plays awful. I don't see any way that Tennessee can win that game. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a vote of confidence or what. I don't know if you saw Phil Fulmer's comments about Jeremy Pruitt, but uh, he's basically saying that he thinks that they're better than their 2-5 and five record indicates and that Jeremy's got a lot of good young players. He, he cares deeply about getting this thing turned around. So well, I don't know financially if they can even, like, jump into another coaching search. but say. I said the yeah. other two guys ahead of them cared deeply about getting it turned around too, and it brick by brick it fell apart. So. <laughs> I think uh, I mean he's going to go into next season for sure, like needing to to show some improvement. But I don't I don't know if I want to put a win or loss record. I mean I think if I was I would say eight and four at least, right? And then even then I don't think Tennessee even I don't know what they consider well, good anymore. It down certainly there. isn't going to help that they're probably going to go into it and schedule somebody like Oklahoma in the non conference, right? Like that. Yeah, I don't know who they've got on there. Well, uh, I've said it like this. That is an elite program. If you're talking program overall for history, that's an elite football program. But, Derek, they've not been elite pretty much our entire lives now. It's been a long time. And it's getting to the point where if you fire another head coach and you fired three in a decade, you can kind of forget about the whole you're going to just an easy trek back to being elite. Uh, Because then – coaches start to look at this thing and be like why go there if it didn't work out for these three people you know what is that kind of a job that you want to take you know philip fulmer's your athletic director who was the most successful football coach they've had won a national championship uh you kind of have to question you know where they go as a program and i don't know like they're they're in a worse spot than kentucky is i think in general just given their expectations that they still have for themselves as a program and I don't know if there's a clear-cut hire out there that makes sense right now. I, you know, we talked about Mike Leach, you know, possibility going there a couple of years ago, and now we're kind of wondering if this Mike Leach experiment at Mississippi State's kind of going to work out. So I don't really know where they go. I don't either. Um, if if Pruitt we're... doesn't work out. If Pruitt doesn't work out with what they've recruited, that's two consecutive head coaches that recruited well and it didn't work out, which makes you concerned about it, regardless of who you get in there. I think Pruitt will get at least certainly one more year. I think I think they would have a really hard time firing him after next year too, unless it's just awful. Like I think as long as he made a bowl the next season, maybe people wouldn't love it. But well, I don't think have he would quarterback. keep a job. They need to figure that out for sure. That brings us to our next game, which is the game we'll be at. You'll still be there, right? I know you said you're going to Atlanta now, but you still mm. plan to be there or no? As of right now, I am, but that could change by the time I update this because that's going to be a quick turn. That's a 7.30. It will be. That would be rough. Uh, 
I wasn't planning on leaving until Sunday morning anyhow, but still. Yeah, you might want to sit that one out. <laughs> uh, but either way, South Carolina comes to town. I, I said this last night on the CAT scan, and uh, I'm sure you feel this way. It's almost like <laughs> for both these teams, I don't know if e- anyone really cares what happens tomorrow night because everyone's so focused on what's going to happen afterwards. So South Carolina's got an interim head coach, Mike Bobo. I think they're interviewing Billy Napier tomorrow. So I think you'll probably hear something on their coaching search a day or two after the season ends. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because you always want to end the season on a high note. Uh, and because of that, Sean, I'm going to pick Kentucky just because I think they have a little bit more to play for and I think they got more pride than maybe what South Carolina has right now. So I'm actually going to say Kentucky plays a pretty good game tomorrow night. It's going to be really cold. Um, I'm going to pick Kentucky 28-17. I'm going to go Kentucky. Big scoring game for Kentucky, 28 points. I'm going to go Kentucky 10-7. to Ooh. Yep, I just don't think there's going to be much offense. I'm just going to go 10-7. You don't think with Chris Rodriguez coming back, running that ball, they're not going to be able to move the ball a little bit? Derek, I've watched this entire season, and I'm ready to pick the, the line. They've they've been on that 10 mark quite a few times this year, so I think I'm going to I'm going to stick true. with 10. <laughs> well, I'm like not going to act like you're crazy. I just kind of feel like at home, I don't think South Carolina's that good. They've had a lot of guys opt out. I think they'll at least score a little bit. Maybe it's, it's a lot of guys. I mean, it's a lot of guys or something in return yeah. to the house. Uh, I will say this though: you mentioned Mike Bobo. Is he a name in some capacity? Quarterback coach, uh, co-offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Would you? Is that one to throw I'm out there? I'm gonna say no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think he'd be good for somebody. I don't think it'll be Kentucky though. He. Uh, I don't know what his next move is gonna be. Honestly, he's a. Uh, Kind of got hired to come in there and try to save old Muschamp's job. It didn't work. And uh, I think he'll be someone who's considered by the – if it's uh, especially if it's Shane Beamer at South Carolina who becomes the head coach there, I think he'll probably strongly consider keeping Bobo around. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bobo's a great great, uh, great recruiter. He is. Very good quarterback coach. I, I think he'd be a great hire, but I just – I don't really see the connection or – Basically, I think he might have some better options. Potentially. Well, maybe not. I really don't know. I mean, he is a coach who got fired from a head coaching job not too long ago. That's so. what I was getting at with, uh, you know, quarterback. Yeah. If, if Henshaw's gone, you're going to need somebody to coach quarterbacks. And uh, it's unfortunate that they can't have a dine-in session at Jeff Ruby's this weekend. Why yeah, that's, that's what I'm – yeah. I, I meant to bring that up when we were answering those questions about the coaching staff. All those guys I mentioned in terms of coordinators, I really don't know their coaching trees enough or their – connections to even kind of guess what a staff would be because if you think about it they did hire Kel Gundy he's coached running backs for a long time and he coached inside wide receivers for a long time so I don't even know how they would use the staff because I mean you have the 10 assistants and you can pretty much choose to use that however you want I mean I, there could be a scenario if Kel feels like his offense and this is just using him as an example if he was the guy who was hired um maybe they, they want to use two wide receivers coaches instead of you know, having something else um I don't know. That's just what I'm pointing out. I, that that might be the even more intriguing thing because I think you'll hear the speculation in terms of who the OC is going to be pretty soon. But in terms of filling out the rest of the offensive staff, I don't have too many names to really throw out there. It, it'll be – I don't think anybody could accurately predict that right now. No. Well, let's go ahead and just both agree that Alabama is going to beat LSU. I don't think that that's – Yeah. And then I don't know if you've and... seen – well, I just want to throw out there. I don't know if you've seen uh, some of the videos from last year. Excuse me. Whenever LSU beat um, Alabama, just some of the things Coach Ogeron said. Google that or get on Twitter if you people are interested in seeing it. Basically talking about how they were just going to kill Alabama. I don't, I'm using different words than he used, but <laughs> it's very obvious that Ed Ogeron, like, and rightfully so, like they view Alabama maybe as their biggest rival right now. But uh, he doesn't have the team this year, though. I don't. He was he was feeling pretty good last year, Sean. They finally beat Alabama, but I think that door. Joe Burrow's not back there. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is not coming in there. They're they're gonna get just absolutely steamrolled, I think, by Alabama. Nick Saban is back, by the way. He'll be on the sidelines. He is uh, coaching. So both agree that Alabama's gonna win that one. So let's go ahead and pick the one other game that we missed there that I think is a pretty good pretty good matchup: Arkansas oh, yeah. and Missouri. That's a right, it's Missouri. a robbery. So. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, Missouri's kind of surprised me. Every time I've picked against them, they've won. I've been kind of big on the Arkansas train this year. I, I like what they're doing there. But I'm going to say that Missouri wins this game. You got the Barry Odom revenge game coming. Uh, obviously got fired by Missouri last year. Yeah, I too. I too am going to take Missouri. I'm going to put a little respect on that name after what happened last week. Um, going to end up probably as the third best team in the East. So I don't know how good they really are. You know, record in a year like this, yeah. <laughs> record standpoint, they're end up yeah as the third best. I don't talent wise, hell, I don't know what to think about them. I don't. They don't strike well, me as a great team, but they. It's they so games. weird because they weren't even competitive against Tennessee. The Kentucky kills Tennessee, and then yeah, beats Kentucky. That's why you just uh, honestly, when this thing's all over, outside of Florida at the top, and then with Georgia, I think you kind of throw the rest out, and you kind of just, just look at next year and and kind of just it, say, look. I think uh, I don't think Kentucky's as far off, Derek, as what I've felt like for the last few weeks. If they can make the right hires and the right moves over the next couple of weeks, and then who knows? Let's say that someone just falls right in your lap via the transfer portal, then you're literally in Josh Ali. If he decides to come back, you've you've got some pieces there for whoever's quarterback next year to kind of you know work around. Yeah, and anytime someone tries to ask you to explain some of these games, you just got to say it's not a real season. That's the only thing I tell people that they ask. Just not a real season. So many factors, guys out with COVID, weird things, games being delayed. You just It's just not a normal year. And um, obviously that's not going to save some people's jobs. I mean, that excuse, uh, call it an excuse or whatever. Mushroom's gotten fired. I think you're going to see plenty of coordinator changes around the country. So in that regard, it was still a still a real year, but just in terms of trying to explain some of these things and kind of doing long term outlooks, I think it's tough to do in a year like this. Derek, I can I'm confident of one thing: we won't see tomorrow night. We won't see a football player charge off the sideline and push an official to the ground. Jesus Christ! Hopefully not. Um, that was ugly. So <laughs> I'm sure he got, uh, uh, got arrested. Yeah, I did see that. I'm sure everybody listening knows what we're talking about. If not, just literally Google football player pushes official, and I'm sure it'll be all over. Hey, I'm not for any kid his life being ruined. I don't think he needs to have his life absolutely ruined over this. But, yeah, my dad's been an official for a long time, and that's that's just uncalled for. I mean, people wonder why there's – maybe people don't wonder this, (laughs) but there is a shortage for officials pretty much nationwide, and – Outside of the verbal abuse you get from fans, parents, I mean, it is what it is. People are going to yell at you if that's just part of the job. But uh, physical abuse is that's zero tolerance. And really unfortunate. I don't know if you saw like that they canceled the season for that yeah. team. And they won. They just pulled out of the playoffs. Yeah. So that's awful for those other kids who had nothing to do with that. I don't. I don't know. I didn't read the story as to what went into that decision making, but kind of maybe think something could that have been avoidable. I mean. <laughs> Surely, it's kind of right? awful for the rest of the Yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I mean, maybe how do you the, certainly you, suspend the player, but yeah, how do you punish the, the entire team for the sins of one? I mean, you I don't know. Yeah, that just makes awful. no sense. But I've also I've never seen anything like that. That official was down for quite some time too. In the extended already video. had a concussion and uh, might have hurt his shoulder. So I mean, he got. I mean, that's a big kid who <laughs> ran out there and uh, hit him. I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the approach I take now is hope the kid gets the help that he needs because that's not normal behavior, no. obviously. And uh, for the official, I hope he's okay. And like I said, it's a stupid mistake. He deserves to be punished for it. Doesn't deserve to have his life ruined, I don't think. But uh, certainly needs some justice to be done there. Yeah, well, you know, my life's kind of been ruined by the Butcher's Pub being closed the last couple <laughs> Last couple of weeks, Derek. But Hold on, you got like nine more days. It'll be back. I know. I'm hanging in there. Like I, if I'd have known this, I would have probably gotten five or six of those things take out and just, uh, just held on to them. I don't know how those would taste after about five days sitting still. But the Butcher's Pub, two locations in Palmville and Williamsburg, Kentucky, they'll be reopening. I know uh, Andy Bashir said that his plan is to reopen in-person dining December 14th. Derek, I think mm-hmm. was the date. So yep. we'll see what comes of that. Obviously, this is a fluid situation with COVID-19. Things are changing every single day. So we'll we'll see exactly what happens with that. But that's good news for small town and small and privately owned businesses like the Butcher's Pub. Uh, so visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. Derek, I still don't know whether or not I'll be at Kroger Field tomorrow night to cover Kentucky, South Carolina. I'm going to kind of fill it out and see what the plan is. Atlanta's only a four, about a four-hour and 15-minute drive for me from Middlesbrough. It's not bad. So, 
could leave Sunday morning, get there. Uh, so I'll be on site Sunday, Kentucky, Georgia Tech. But honestly, with all the news, possibility of football, kind of want to get to Atlanta a little bit sooner so I can kind of just be sitting around just in case some of this stuff drops Sunday afternoon. Yeah, be uh, a busy day. travels for you uh, going down there on Sunday. I certainly hope for your sake you don't get past Chattanooga. And then uh, oh, I don't know if you go through Chattanooga. I'm just thinking 975. I'll go to Lookout Mountain there or something and just uh, enjoy the day. Yeah, well, safe travels, man. I will. He's uh, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We will be back post-game with Kentucky-South Carolina and then whatever breaking news happens around UK Athletics. This has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll catch you next time.